0: Tonight I want to share briefly about possessing your inheritance and then we can pray together and uh, just believe God for utterances in uh, praying as a body. Uh, if you uh, turn with me, I use the Amplified Classic, uh, Isaiah 60 verse 1. It's a familiar scripture that uh, we probably it by heart But uh, we all can always go to the word of God And get a fresh revelation Because the Bible says Jesus himself said Man shall not live by bread alone But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord Isaiah 61 says Arise from the depression and prostration In which circumstances have kept you Rise to a new life With an exclamation mark, rise to a new life, okay? Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I really like this scripture. And you know, I like exclamation marks because they go very well with my personality, I mean, it's not about personality, but it's the word. It has an exclamation mark. It's like, guys, this is what the Lord is saying. So, everybody is in a certain position, condition, or situation, or circumstance in life. If we were to say, let's give our testimonies right from there, by the time we finish three hours, all of you will not have spoken about what you're standing in faith for, isn't it? So, it's not unique. Uh, but, we have to purpose not to hook up to the negative circumstances. Circumstances will be there. Why? We are on the earth. Jesus himself said that in this world, you have issues and challenges. So when I say that, I'm not confessing that let issues come. I'm only saying that we have to be aware that situations, circumstances, conditions will, will appear because we have an enemy. And he is active. That's what 1 Peter 5 says. Be alert for your enemy, the devil, like a roaring lion. He's moving to and fro. He's looking for somebody that he can uh, 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 devour. But we are not those whom he can devour. So then we have to purpose to not hook up to negative circumstances by all means. Because uh, the, the part B of that tells us that God has offered the light so that we can be able to overcome. There are depressive uh, circumstances, but he is saying, rise up, I've offered you the way out. And the way out is the light, which is the word of God. uh, uh, That spirit of, of emphasis there, I like it because it's God commanding us to arise. And that means we have the empowerment to get away from negative circumstances. They may be active, but we are not focusing on how active they are. They may be making some noise, but we are not opening our ears to hear what they are saying. So God is telling us, I've empowered you with what it takes to defocus from negativity and look to the light and follow the light. Therefore, we must stop focusing on the current and visualize on the bright future that God has offered us. When God is talking about, for your light has come, and and it, it continues to say, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Not only are we following his light, as we follow the light, there is unfolding of glorious things. Because that's the, the path that God has offered us. So we, 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 we focus on the bright future that God has offered for us. I'll say this again: nobody can make progress focusing on where they are at now. If all you're thinking about is where you are and how complicated, or how nice it is, you know, if you, even if it's very nice and you're just focusing on, this is it. You see, you can't see what is offered more. And there is a lot more that God has offered us. So the life of the spirit is a progressive spirit. That's why the scripture will say that uh, that the path of the righteous is like a light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. So it keeps unfolding. The light of God keeps unfolding. Revelation keeps unfolding. Glory keeps unfolding. Understanding keeps coming. Wisdom of God is unlimited. You cannot exhaust this. It is too much to say that I've gotten all I needed. So new levels will require new or fresh implements. So growth without change is impossible. We know that so well. So there has to be an an arising so that we can apprehend uh, uh, our inheritance in God. That part B says that your light has come and it's accompanied by glory. So we'll look at a couple of scriptures uh, just to see how uh, uh, the word of God uh, defines what is offered to us as as, uh, saints. Colossians 1, uh, uh, verse 12. Colossians 1, 12. It says, I'll read 1 to 13. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Very powerful scripture. I mean, all scriptures are powerful. But in the context that we are talking about, possessing our inheritance, we see two statements here that motivate us to arise and shine in this scripture. Number one, qualified. The scripture says the father has qualified us. That means we've been made eligible. He makes us eligible. It's not something that we have that we need to do to become. We've already been made eligible, and we've been made competent or fit or suitable to possess. The inheritance that God has for us. So that means we've been connected or admitted to the kingdom of light. We have been connected or admitted to the kingdom of God. That is our current position. As children of God, we are not out there. We are inside. We have been admitted inside. So we've been qualified. The other statement I find there very Uh, motivating is that we've been delivered and drawn out of the control of darkness so not only have we been qualified and 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 connected we've also been drawn out from that other kingdom out of the control of darkness that means the kingdom of darkness cannot control me unless i want to participate you understand yeah, it cannot. The, uh, that scripture, Isaiah says, arise and shine. And, and, and I said with an exclamation, I saying, guys, what are you doing there? You're not supposed to be in a discontented condition. Arise, because the light has shown up. I have delivered you and drawn out of the control of darkness. He has rescued us from the powers that be, whatever they are. You know, I said everybody is in a, might be in a situation. Whatever it is, he has delivered you and rescued you from those powers of darkness. And we could name them until the, 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 uh, uh, the end of the day. I mean, it's poverty, it's lack, it's sickness, it's uh, uh, everything that goes with the kingdom of darkness. They've, they've all those things. Because we've been delivered and drawn out, they have become aliens in our lives. Those are not things that we look at as normal. So when we, we see things like poverty and lack and sickness and offenses and all that is of the kingdom of darkness trying to be thrown at us, we recognize, hey, you are an alien. You do not have the passport to stay here. So you, you know what to do. You deal with it mercilessly. Because it's trying to latch you, to take you back to where you've been drawn and delivered from. Okay? So, so they, they don't. So they have to find us armed to be able to demolish them. That's why the life of the spirit is a very intentional life. And I'll repeat again, a successful life or a spiritual life is not a mystery. You have to, you worked at it, therefore you became it, and therefore you are so much aware. 360 degrees, he tries to enter this route, he finds there's the word for that. He tries to enter from the front, he finds that you've already... uh, armed your arrow and your bow and you're like just try bring it on you understand so you have to be very intentional so that you demolish those spirits of darkness because they will keep trying to come at you Uh, let's go to 1 Peter 2.9 just uh, laying a foundation here of uh, who we are 1 Peter 2.9 Look at who we are. But we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people. Do, uh, let me ask what your pastor asks. Do words mean anything to you? What does special mean? You're special. You're not your Kawaida people. You cannot be classified in the you know, the classified ads. Well, you have to keep reading to understand what is this advertisement about. You are, you are those that are the whole, whole page. You appear and they're like, who and who has come in? Special people, okay? That you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the vi- virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Isn't that what we read in the other uh, uh, scripture? That we've been delivered and drawn out of the control of darkness. So here, 1 Peter 2 is telling us that we've been chosen to be carriers of light. We are royalty. We are not your usual people. We don't walk like your usual people. We are not found in common places where everybody is acting common. We are not. We are special. Okay, so we have been given unlimited access to the life of the spirit and it's up to us to use as much of that life as we desire. God says, I've offered it to you. You have been made, made. He has purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtuous. So it's up to you to determine what part do I want of this? And how deep do I want to go in it? And how wide do I want to possess? And how far do I want to go with it? So we, the honors is on us. It's not on God. He's already done his, his work. So, so, so it's up to us to determine how much of the life of the spirit you desire. His kingdom is righteousness. I can't be, I remember this scripture, but I know it is in, it's in Hebrew. It says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, is peace, and is joy in the Holy Spirit. So if, just conceptualize what that means. His kingdom is righteousness. So what is righteousness? It's a life of holiness. I know I belong to the kingdom of God. Therefore, I know my boundaries. I don't need to have somebody micromanaging me and telling me, no, 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 or asking me, is this correct? You ought to know what is correct and what is not correct because you are a royalty. It's like Prince William asking his mother, am I allowed to enter Buckingham Palace? Really? Really? He owns Buckingham Palace by definition. He owns uh, uh, all the castles. I mean you look at those castles and you're like a house of 50 rooms. What do they do with 50 bedrooms and 20 uh, 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 reception areas and that's royalty for you. So he doesn't need to ask his mother, can I enter here? Or or, or he owns all this and then you find him in the backyards of East London. You, You know, if you ever been to London, there is an Eastleigh in London. It's East London. It's uh, you go there. <laughs> my first visit to UK was was in ninety. I think it was in nineteen ninety nine. And I went. I, I'd been on an assignment in Switzerland for a month. So my boss said, you want to go for for a weekend?" I said, "Yeah, I can visit my sister in London." So he paid my ticket to go there. So I arrived at Heathrow, and then of course, you know, you. You go underground and you come out somewhere. So you pass all these good places. And my sister was living in <laughs> East, East London. And I come out at East London. And then they take me to this. I say, is this London? <laughs> is this London? Because you know, you know the the pictures you know about Buckingham Palace, all this. And then I'm like, is this London? Honestly, I stayed a whole week. They are still asking. <laughs> Still asking until one 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 friend of my sister said, Let me take you to, to the real London. And then she took me now to the real. And I was like, My goodness, these people say they live in London. <laughs> so that is the parallel I'm trying to show you what you've been made, and now you cannot go living in East there. Sorry, they won't listen to this one because I don't want to trash Islam. It's a good place, but but really, you it's you have to to determine to know this is who I am and this is what I have been made. Therefore, there are locations I will not walk myself to those locations because it's like it's like you are supposed to be entering Buckingham Palace and you're entering those gullies or alleys or whatever they are. So you have to be determined. We have been given unlimited access to the life of the Spirit. And I said, it's up to us to determine how much we want. And the kingdom of God is the kingdom of righteousness. And then it's the kingdom of peace. Who determines how much peace you have? You. Simple. It's you. People will say, you know, conditions, circumstances, my wife, my husband, my children, my you know, all those, my boss, nobody determines how much peace you have. It's you who decides how much peace you will walk in. We are, trying to, we, are, we are talking about accessing our inheritance. So our inheritance is righteousness. Our inheritance is peace. And our inheritance is joy in the Holy Ghost. So we are carriers of joy and our lives are peaceful irrespective of how the world is going, our lives are marked by peace. What marks a Christian? The life of peace, the life of contentment. Hebrews says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. That contentment is a knowing that I'm already an inheritor of the kingdom of God. Whether what I'm looking for has already manifested or not, it has nothing to do with the condition and the status of my emotions, and my spirit, and my... I am. I decide I'm going to walk at peace at all costs. So we stay away from every drama that is offered by the devil. You know the devil is a peddler. I call him a peddler. He peddles, you know, like drug peddlers. They peddle this one, they peddle this one, they peddle this one. I don't... You have to decide. I will not listen to the pe- peddling suggestions of the enemy because he will do Try it in any way, using any any person who will be willing to, because you know he has no power. He has no legal right to operate. So he will use individuals of all kinds as long as they want to uh, cooperate with him. So I keep telling myself, I love you, but I'm not handing my life to you to mess. No, I will not. I refuse because I want to keep my peace. I will love you, and I want to collaborate and cooperate and to help you. But I reject and I refuse to offer my life to be messed by anybody that the enemy has chosen to use. Okay, so I I will love you, but if need be, from a distance, that doesn't mean I'm I'm I'm, I'm not uh, uh, nice. It just means I'm aware of my the boundaries of my uh, uh, royalty and my abode. I refuse to go into the life of uh, uh, contention and offenses and fights and the fight and, uh, and all that. It's not this. It, it will not give you the peace that God has. Our peace is our inheritance and we have to work at it and fight for it at all costs, okay? And why? Because a high price has been paid to set us free. It's a high price. The scripture says that we were not bought by uh, uh, simple things. It was his precious blood that bought us. Precious blood that bought us. As listening this morning, it was really a by the way, because I was uh, in a rush, but you know, sometimes you're having breakfast and you listen just to some debates that go on on the TV. And there were there was a debate, not a debate, a talk about the Amazon in uh Somalia and all that. And there were several of those uh, the panel. And one of them was talking how uh, how what is the bene- what has been the benefit for ten years of this, uh, that the, the army has been there and uh, other than we know this old charcoal and da, 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 da. and then I liked one other person who and I thought this is an intelligent man. He said the cost of that invasion has cost blood. Have soldiers died there? Yes. Has the country used so much resources to go there? Yes. He said how, how can a a nation be so stupid to sell blood and so much uh, uh, finances to sell charcoal? It it, it, it makes sense. You know, sometimes you hear things said and you're like, really? But he really put it in the context. So I'm using that to say a very high price was paid to redeem me drawn out and delivered can I be so foolish to not recognize the price that was paid for me it cost his life it cost all of heaven to stop to make this event happen so that humanity will forever have an opportunity to be redeemed and then I would walk myself back to that darkness how can that be You know, you think about it and you're like, unless you're schizophrenic, you will never do that because then it means you're thinking, it's not right. The price that was paid for me is too much for me to play games with it. So then I say, a high price has been paid to set me free and I refuse to play games with anything that would entangle me again. Why do I say this? There's a scripture I think is in Hebrews, It could be Hebrews, 2, I'm not very sure, that talks about that that be watchful that you are giving uh, the, uh, 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 the right focus on the things that you have learned, lest you drift away. Because there is an opportunity to drift away. That's why Peter will say, be alert and aware. There is an enemy that is working against your deliverance. And if care is not taken, it is easy to drift away and you lose your inheritance. And we never want to go back there because who knows when the trumpet is called, is just the time you'll be, you're drifting. And then the trumpet sounded, like, oh my, my, kumendoa. <laughs> and, and, and the price was paid. Okay? So we cannot, that inheritance is too precious, not to value, to protect it, to guard it, and to make sure that at no cost am I not at peace, because I know what it costs him, and of course the joy. Let's go to Hebrews 12, uh, 14. In the Passion Translation, please, Hebrews 12:14. 14. Passion translation, I, 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 I'm trying to tie why I'm saying the importance of keeping peace in your life. And uh, and I, I, I started by explaining that the enemy uses people because <laughs> he has no legal right to operate on earth. So Hebrews 12, 14 says, in every relationship be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly toward holiness. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. We, we saw, of, uh, 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 or, or, or rather I say that the kingdom of God is righteousness, is peace, is joy in the Holy Spirit. So here we are seeing the, an emphasis that in every relationship, in every, in every relationship, not your relationship with Christians and and but the others you can act like you want to act no 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 it's in every relationship be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly toward holiness that means we are always gravitating towards the side of god always We're always gravitating towards the side of holiness. We are always, always when we wake up in the morning or when we go to work or when we are meeting people or when we are transacting a business, if something happens that demands a decision, my decision is always on the side of God. Isn't it? Because I want to keep, to choose peace over competition. I'd rather lose but keep my peace. I would rather lose money than keep my peace. I said on Sunday, I will choose God over money because God can give me more money. (laughs) But I can get money without peace and end up losing it, and I lost God, or I lost the opportunity to witness what a Christian life should be. So we always gravitating towards God. There are conditions for walking in the inheritance the inheritance is offered to us but it's you, there has to be conditions it's a contract okay and the, the beauty of this contract is that he he made the contract he offered the sacrifice was himself he gave the word he gave the grace but our part now is to walk within the parameters that he requires us to walk in so that there is nothing hindering our access to the inheritance Because the inheritance is already there. The scripture in uh, Hebrews 1, 3 says that we've already been blessed with all blessings in the spiritual realm. The inheritance is in possession. It's not going to make it. It's already made. But there are parameters we must observe to be able to receive what our inheritance is. And that's why he is saying we have to make sure we maintain peace we have to make sure we are we are living the life of holiness and and i know many people i was talking to somebody today and they, we were talking can't remember the whole topic but i can remember this portion where he said but you know people now talk about the grace of god the grace of god and i said i the grace of god is okay but anybody who understands the grace of God should know that the grace of God pushes you more towards God rather than closer to sin. Nobody ever, you don't ever want to be found on the pram line of, this is, I'm just giving an example. I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not saying that's what it is. This is the pram line. This is holiness. This is sin. And you're always here. Here. And your, your eyes are always looking this side. Grace, the revelation of grace should forever keep be taking you this far. So this far, so that's peradventure. There is an, an opportunity over there. It will take you too long to go back there. There will be divine interventions that will keep you reminding you, awakening you and calling you, oh, I'm heading that direction before you trip. But if you're standing here on the prime line, and something, you before you know you're there. You understand? Grace or should... Let me not go there. But grace should push you to the farthest end of holiness. Why? Because you recognize the value of the price that was paid to redeem you. So this kingdom operates in an atmosphere of peace. So those are the conditions of this inheritance. And we... Th- That that scripture here, Hebrews 12, 14, is talking to us and telling us that we are different from the worldly people. We are different. That's why it's saying, you choose peace over competition. So if you have to lose a deal, lose the deal but keep the peace because you're a unique person. We are unique species. You don't accept to be lumped up with the masses. And be saying this is how they do. This is not how it is done. We have we have our, our, our constitution that tells us how we ought to operate and how we ought to behave. Let's go to John seventeen fourteen. John seventeen fourteen. <clears throat> Let me read the one I I, I wrote here. It says, "I have given them your word." Probably the, the King, New King James. I've given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. So this is Jesus talking. He's saying that he's given his people the word, and the world has hated them because of the word. So this scripture is showing us how different we are from the common people. And when I say common people, please, uh, it's not a de- derogatory term. It's, I'm just trying to differentiate, okay? Or let me say the worldly people. They're not born-again people. Jesus is saying that we've received his word. What is our inheritance? The word. Because the word is what produces all other things, okay? The the scripture in Hebrews, uh, you can tell I like Hebrews a lot. The, the scripture in Hebrews... Uh, uh, Three, four, or four, three, I don't remember which one. He says that, that he upholds all things by the word of his power. So the word is what produces. The, the, the greatest key to your inheritance is the word. Because once you receive the word, it, it roots you to whatever other area that you're needing help uh, from God. So we've been separ- this this word is showing us uh, John seventeen fourteen that we've been separated from the failing system of the world, because without the word, uh, whatever else you do is failing. So I call it a failing system. Without the word, it's a failing system. The world system is a failing system because it doesn't have the word. Our kingdom is constant. That kingdom is not constant. That's where you see it has ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. Today we are here, tomorrow we are there. It's very difficult to follow through with it. But the kingdom of God is constant. It doesn't fluctuate, it only gets better. The kingdom of God does not retrogress. It doesn't matter what you see. It does not retrogress. It's moving forward. It's an advancing kingdom. The scripture says that his kingdom is everlasting. So the question I'll ask or or the statement I'll say is that it cannot be everlasting and wither at the same time. If you're you're everlasting, there's no way you will wither. Because something that withers is something that dies. But the kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom. So it progresses whether you're seeing it or whether you're not seeing it. Divine prosperity is happening whether you're experiencing it or you're not experiencing it. Divine healing is in motion whether you're getting it or you're not getting it. Peace and joy, godly homes and families and marriages, they are happening. Whether yours is happening or crumbling, it's happening. The kingdom of God is on a progress mode. That's it. It it will never wither. Human beings do not affect the kingdom of God. It's a constant. That's what I I, I will say. It's a constant uh, uh, kingdom. So so uh, so then my admonition to you or my encouragement to you is refuse to connect yourself to a failing system. The f- the system of the world is failing. Please do not connect yourself to a failing system. Because the world system is now you have it now you don't. <laughs> now you have it now you don't. It's it's just that uh, m- m- uh, um uh, that's the way it, it operates. It's very volatile. Whichever every way you look at it, whichever sphere you want to look at it, it's volatile. The only constant thing that upholds all things is the word of God. Therefore, refuse to connect yourself to a failing system. And that's why we have to be prayerful people. Jeremiah 33 33. Yeah. This is what it says. This is the kingdom. You possess, you, you, are you, if you're interested in possessing the kingdom of God, this is what you do. It says, call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. That's how this kingdom operates. The kingdom operates no works. The kingdom of God operates on revelation. Okay? So those things that he is talking about, uh, in the Amplified, just p- put it in the Amplified Classic, please. I, I like the way the Amplified Classic uh, words it. It says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things fenced in, hi- in and hidden which you do not know. Do not distinguish and recognize. You have no knowledge of and understand. Do you see the need to stay connected? To him. Because the things that you require, the inheritance that is in the kingdom, the divine prosperity and divine health and divine families, and all the things that you require, you do not understand how to produce them. In your natural faculties, it doesn't matter how many degrees you own or have or that are be- behind your title. You cannot produce divine things by the things of this world. That's why Ephesians 1, praying Ephesians 1, 17 down there about receiving divine wisdom and revelation is very critical. The things that are fenced in and hidden, they are not hidden from you. They are hidden for you. They are not hidden from you, they are hidden from you. That's why I say this kingdom has conditions. There is a level of of partnership that is required that will elevate you to start uh, receiving revelations of things that you never thought about. Maurice, there's a business venture that you've never dreamt about, but the the minute you call on the name of the Lord and he reveals to you, it catapults you to a level where you become a distributor of the kingdom of God in finances. It's there. God will not keep telling us how great, how lavish, how uh, how, vast is his kingdom, and yet we are living these limited lives And we accept that as norm. No, no, no. There is uh, uh, something that we need to keep doing. Call on to me and I will show you. So revelation will always advance you. You keep seeking revelation, you will not stay stagnant. Revelation always advances you to new levels. So you have to be uh, 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 determine that I want revelation I need revelation I have to have revelation Therefore then you will find that your, your life and your time Is being intentionally Set apart To seek God Because then you can't find revelation On somebody who you say Hi, what's nice meeting you I'll see you in the evening <laughs> You're not going to know Somebody much like that that relationship is very casual. You understand? But uh, the deeper you get into him, the, the, the clearer you start seeing. The clearer, the, 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 the more accurate you start hearing the revelation of, his, of, of, of the mysteries of his kingdom. Okay? And, uh, uh, and therefore, we have to, to keep calling. So, we seek revelation in the word, in prayer, and of course, in attending you know, meetings. I applaud you because uh, m- most of you are very reg- regular attending prayer meetings. It takes that. It takes that. A- and my encouragement is that keep, 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 uh, no matter how many are or are not, you don't find reasons not to come. F- f- don't find excuses not to come. Find every reason to come. Because what are you saying? You're telling God, this is how much I place your. Uh, presence, and the more he sees the commitment in your, uh, you, we are not buying his uh, his grace. You understand? We are not. All we are saying is that because I value what you did and the redemption and the inheritance that you have for me, I will seek it. That's what Matthew seven seven says: Seek and ye shall find isn't it? Knock and the door shall be opened for you. So we we are, we are available to be able to receive that revelation because the Bible says that revelation is crying out in the streets. <laughs> it is. That's what the uh, proverbs say It's revelation and wisdom is crying out, not revelation. Wisdom is crying out. God is trying to outpour his wisdom to people, but people are too busy. Busy looking for how to get where they in the world you will not reach the levels that wisdom will give you if you are seeking wisdom then it will be so easy to connect you to the right uh, uh, contact and then you are able to move forward let's go to john 11 25. john 11 25. Jesus said to her, it's the story of Mother and Mary and the raising of Lazarus. Jesus said to her, I am myself the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in and fears to trust in and relies on me. Although he may die, yet he shall live. You know the context of this. He was talking to about the uh, uh, raising from the dead of Lazarus. But I found this uh, uh, to be very applicable in just recognizing that the inheritance we've been given is tied to him as the giver of life. It's not tied to the efforts, the natural efforts and, and all that we may think we can do to become. It is tied to Jesus as the one who is the giver of life. Therefore then I say that you don't have to wait for resurrection day to receive your restoration. Your restoration is available every day (laughs) because he is life. He is life. Whatever it is that you are in need of, it is available on demand as long as the conditions are right. You understand? You go to a bank to get a bank loan, which uh, I'm I'm not saying go to the bank and get a bank loan, really. (laughs) Not financial advisor. But if you want to go to the bank to get a bank loan, you don't just walk in and say, I'm looking for 10 million. And then they they give you a form sign here, then wait there, here, 10 million. It doesn't work (laughs) like that, does it? There are conditions. There are conditions, and the conditions are not necessarily bad for you. There are protective measures to ensure that you're not uh, overstepping your boundaries in what you're looking for, isn't it? It's just like the inheritance. The inheritance is not given just to anybody because... A child is born, and and the child is pure and holy, and you can't give her an inheritance of a hundred million. What will they do with it? You understand? So that's what I'm saying, that there are conditions that have to be right. The atmosphere has to be right for you to be qualified to receive the inheritance that you're trying to draw from. Okay? Therefore, every day we can receive the restoration that Jesus has offered. Hebrews 11:1. You don't have to go there. It says, "Faith is now." What is the greatest inheritance that God has offered us? It's faith. That's the greatest inheritance because with faith, then you can produce all these other things, the things that are needed down here. They are received by faith because you can receive them, the grace provides them, but you receive them by faith. So, faith is now. That's why I say that you don't have to wait for the resurrection or the trumpet to go for, for you to receive all your inheritance as you can receive your restoration now. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, and now abide faith, hope, and love. So, again, faith, Hope and love. That life of the kingdom of God has has uh, has its conditions that has to be right. So faith has to be part of your daily life. Hope has to be part of and uh, uh, of your daily life. And Pastor has been teaching a lot about the basics, the basics of the princ- basic principles of faith. I hope you're you're paying attention to that series because it's 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 really deep. Uh, 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 he's doing it in a depth of laying the structures to shift us to uh, a level of faith that will help us to uh, apprehend that uh, we we are believing for long-held promises because faith is the greatest uh, inheritance that we receive from God. So I'll say the life of the Spirit is not in your future. It is now. Because, you know, sometimes we can... Keep saying, uh, it will be, it will be, I'm believing, I will get, I will have. No, the life of the spirit is now. But it depends on what has been exposed into your spirit. And start to stir up your faith, to be able to see it in the eyes of the spirit. Because when you see it in the eyes of the spirit, then it's already done. I remember a couple of uh, months ago, maybe not too long ago, there is, a, I, I, I got a, a, an attack, a cold, it may be a flu, let me call it, to be honest, <laughs> probably it was corona, I don't know, whatever it was, because I've never experienced something like that, and it's stuck. I remember going to the doctor, when I went to the, I was coughing, I was having uh, terrible things, and I was in so much pain. And uh, when I went there very early in the morning, the doctor uh, put me on a drip, and then this, uh, she said, "No, the nurse put me on a drip." I don't know who put me on a drip. Then the doctor came now to do the <laughs> the investigation, and and uh, then she said, "Have you had? Have you had the job? Have you had?" And I said, "No." And then, how old are you? I said, "Yeah." I said, no, "And you don't haven't gotten the job?" I said, "No." And I said, but why? I said, what has the job and my age got to do? And <laughs> the job and my age, what's, where is the harmony? You understand? I'm not being rude. I'm just being real. What do you mean? And then she said, but you know, uh, you are in the risk area. I, I told her, I'm not in any risk area. I am not in any risk category, please. And she said, "Okay." Oh, she realized I can be feisty. And then she said, oh, okay. So, how are you feeling? Then I said, then she said, so maybe we should. I'm suspecting corona. I said, even if it's corona, it's healed, okay? Just get the pain. <laughs> I'm telling you, you have to be Pfizer to the end. I said, even if it's corona, it's healed in Jesus' name. Then she said, okay, okay, then. So then they did all they did. Then she gave me all this medication. And uh, she said, I recommend we do a COVID test. I said, I'm not doing COVID test. I've already told you, whatever it is, you just address the pain, okay? (laughs) I came here for you to get rid of the pain. Everything else has already gone. (laughs) So, anyway, I got the medication, and then she said, "Uh, yes, but uh, anyway, since now, you'll be taking this medication, but I still recommend you do a COVID test. So, I left her. I went home. I took that medication that day, the following day. The following day, the nurse called me. It's AAR. And I thought, this is an issue. They have that good customer service. I mean, can you imagine a hospital calling you? Maybe they were thinking I am in a state. <laughs> so she called us, how are you doing? I said, I'm very good. You are. Do you? Uh, uh, please, if you don't mind, you could. If you really, we are recommending you come. I said, I appreciate your concern, but I've already told you I'm not doing that test because I know I'm healed, okay? If it was, I said, number one, I said, it's not it, and if it was, it's gone. So please, okay. So she realized I'm not going, and they left me. And a couple of days, uh, that medicine, I kept it aside. I'm not recommending this, but I I realized let me just go to the word. Let me take the word. Let me do what the word says. I'm not saying medicine is bad, please, okay? I'm just saying what I felt within my spirit. I spoke to you and I told you, uh, revelation will, will move you forward. You understand? So I have reached a place where I know, I I believe that I'm, I whatever it is, I've dealt with it. So I'm shifting forward by faith because I believe that this is, oh, I can do, do it, or oh, God has done it. So a couple of, I think I stayed with that situation, especially the chest, uh, for a month or so, a month and a half. But after the fourth week, I, I was early in the morning. I'm an early person, riser, so early in the morning, and I like my worship, so I worship, I worship. I had worshiped about an hour and a half. Just pacing, worshiping. Worshiping was, in fact, it was dark, and I didn't even bother putting on the light. I worshiped, I worshiped, I worshiped, I worshiped, and as i worshiping, I'm focusing on the, uh, on the finished work of the cross. And within me, I had, I had, I didn't hear a voice, but within my spirit, I knew you're healed. And I remember that Wednesday, when I came here, I, I probably spoke, gave a testimony, but briefly, if you remember, I, I said, I, I knew, I know I'm healed. When I said that, I still had the symptoms. And those symptoms stayed another three weeks. But within me, you could not tell me I'm not healed. Because I had already received the faith for that healing three weeks past. So to me, I was healed. And by the time they were over in three weeks' time, I honestly, I... I don't even know when it went and how it went and, and what happened. I just, knew, I just knew I was healed. So I'm saying that to encourage you that, that there is a seeking of the revelation that brings forward to now. So I'm saying that to say my healing, I received it three weeks before it manifested. But three weeks prior to manifestation, I knew I was healed. You couldn't convince me otherwise. I knew I was healed. So I'm saying that to say, faith is now, and I'll repeat again, we do not latch to the world system. Because in the world system, the king has to die for the next in line to take up kingship. But our king died, and he went to hell. And he took, he dethroned the kingdom of darkness. And he took our inheritance. And he took our healing. And he took our soundness of mind. And he took all that we we need. And it's already now available. So our part is to engage in receiving the revelation to be able to manifest it when we need it. And that's why I say, I really encourage us to keep going back to the teachings that the series the pastor is, uh, is teaching on faith. I think last Sunday was the third series was the, the third part because he's laying a foundation that will help us receive the revelation on how to appropriate faith, to be able to apprehend this inheritance and possess it when you need it at the point you need it, Because when the conditions within you are right, you're, you have, you're living a life that is so filled with the presence of God, therefore, when the scripture says, in his presence there's fullness of joy, then that means because you're so uh, overwhelmed by his presence, then it's so possible for you to be able to relate with what you need and how to draw it. I hope I, I have not said too many words that um, anyway they are understandable it's all English and it's not con- colloquial English it's English so I'm saying that please we need to be deliberate to understand faith That because the, our greatest inheritance is faith and what pastor is teaching us in this church is so vital and so needful to under guard us as we watch the world crumbling. Because the world is not getting better. The world is not getting better. And therefore, challenges will only increase to the people who do not understand how to operate in faith. But in this body, we want to be those who are operating in faith so that we are able to receive that which God has for us. So let's go to Psalms 119. Uh, verse 32 as we end and pray Psalms 119 verse 32 uh then okay in the new king james version sorry Yes. This is what it says. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. I will run the course of your commandments. What does that mean? I will stay within the precepts of your word, the perimeter of the life of the Spirit. I will be careful. To hear and to obey the word so that my heart becomes enlarged. What is the importance of your heart becoming enlarged with the word? It's because then your spirit starts informing your mind and your body. So you recognize now. You remember what... uh, um, Romans 8.5. Let's go to Romans 8.5. I didn't need to go there, but let's, let's go there. Even in that version is okay. Romans 8.5. Why do you want your heart enlarged? Because you want to live this life. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. How do you live the life of the spirit? By allowing the word to enlarge your heart the more your heart is enlightened with the commandments of God, with the ways of God, then you recognize that your spirit takes over. And therefore, you have a propensity to make decisions that are spiritual. And you have a propensity to respond according to the word of God. But if you're living the, according to the flesh, then that means you... Engage in all that he talks about, and Galatians says that to be uh, carnally-minded is dead. You don't want to be there. We want, you want your heart enlarged, uh, as we have read in that scripture, uh, Psalms 119. You, ho- you want your heart enlarged with the word. You want your heart, heart enlarged with love. You want your heart enlarged with peace. You want your heart prepared so that when issues uh, try to bombard you, they find there is a guard that they cannot penetrate There's a guard, there's a shield that you have built up because you live the life of the spirit. That's what it's talking about there. But those who live according to the spirit, they are inclined to the things of the spirit. So when something happens or words are spoken or situations arise, your response is always according to the spirit. And what will be the outcome? Peace. Peace. Because the spirit produces peace, joy, and, and righteousness. So temptations will come and you're like, ah, there are things I don't discuss. Why would I even consider? But why would you go that way? Because you've already enlarged your heart with the word. So your, the word is the first thing that pops up in decision-making, in responses, in action, and therefore you recognize you're shielded from so much damage because you are cocooned by the Word of God and you're living the life of the Spirit. Amen. So are you ready to pray? Yes, let's pray. Let's enlarge our hearts. One way of enlarging our hearts is praying. And Jude says that building up your most holy faith By praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me read that scripture so that you know it's biblical. Praying in tongues is building yourself. So tonight we want to build ourselves. Uh, Jude 20 says, "Uh, uh, uh, uh." let me go there. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. So praying in the Holy Spirit, okay, that we are well taught. Praying in the Holy Spirit is the way to build yourself up. What are you building yourself up? You're creating capacity for your heart to be able to suck and absorb and attract the Word of God. Because when your spirit is conducive, it's so easy for it to understand the Word of God. When your spirit is filled with all these other things here, it's like the word is spoken, and you're like, it's a word like that. <laughs> You understand? So we want to be set, ready, and so that whatever uh, arrow is sent on us, it's very easy to repel it. Very easy to repel it, because your spirit has been, uh, your heart is enlarged with the word. So kindly stand up and we pray tonight, just believing God to be built up. Yeah, believing God to be built up for ourselves and our church uh, congregants and uh, yeah let's uh, let's just pray together father thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for reminding us of the inheritance that you've already set in motion for us the scripture was so clear to us reminding us oh God that you've already made us royalty you've chosen us therefore we are in line we are not in line waiting we are in line admitted and accepted and because you've already drawn us and delivered us from the kingdom of darkness then there is no hindrance to how much we can receive so as we pray tonight oh Lord we reminded that Jesus will tell the disciples that increase your faith. Where is your faith? And therefore, tonight we recognize that our greatest inheritance is the faith that is in your word. So as we pray tonight, we, according to uh, Jude, we are building ourselves up. We are building ourselves up. We are building our spirits. We are building our hearts to hear. We are building our ears to see. We are saying that within our hearts, oh God, we have the propensity to to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And therefore, we are allowing the words of the Spirit to be formed as we pray tonight, oh God, that will build us up and create capacity for us to stay ready to f- fight and wage a good warfare as we walk the life of the Spirit. Let's pray in tongues, brethren oh we thank you thank you father thank you father thank you father oh we bless your holy name tonight you are great and you're greatly to be praised oh we praise you with our hearts oh god we lift up worship and reverence in recognition of your greatness oh god What a manner of love is this? That you would give your only begotten son to die for us and to redeem us and to call us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. That now we are called children of God and sons of God. And you've even said that now you've given us the grace to inherit the promises of God, the inheritance of your kingdom, the faith that apprehends and Receives what grace has provided. Tonight, oh Lord our God, our prayer is single. Enlarge our hearts for you. Enlarge our hearts to love you. Enlarge our hearts to trust you. Enlarge our hearts to serve you. Enlarge our hearts, oh Lord our God, to make you the only priority that we rise up to look to, oh God. You are the center of our hearts, oh God. May we make you the center of all that is about our lives. Father, tonight we pray for the congregation of Victory Faith Church. And even as we pray for ourselves, oh God, that, Lord, you become the utmost, the utmost, the utmost in our lives, oh God. We look to you for all that we need for life and godliness. Because the scripture says that you've already provided it to us, oh God, according to the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is increasing in our lives. So our confession tonight, oh God, that the path of that congregation of victory faith is getting brighter and brighter. Their lives are getting brighter. Their lives are getting brighter, oh God, because the revelation of the Word of God is increasing in their lives as they study the Word of God, as they pursue the life of holiness, as they walk in fellowship and relationship that are abiding in faith and love and hope, then there is increase and much of the life of the spirits in their lives, oh God. So tonight we pray in the name of Jesus that Lord, as we want the fulfillment of the prophecies that were spoken by men in the Old Testament and we see the fulfilling of them oh Lord our God, where the scripture will say that in the latter days the love of men shall grow old. Lord our God, this is our prayer and our cry that the love of this congregation will only grow bigger our love towards you oh God will only become greater our desire for you oh God will deepen it will heighten oh Lord our God we recognize how much you love us we recognize the magnitude of your love towards us oh God and therefore we pray that this congregation is rep- responding accurately it is responding to the love of God it is responding to the masses of God it is responding to the callings of God it is responding oh Lord in loving God in serving God in giving towards his kingdom oh god because when you speak to us and tell us that of your kingdom there shall be no end oh god that it means for as long as we live on this earth our Our part in building the kingdom of God is an expectation that you have on us oh God so tonight we commit and we commit our congregants oh Lord our God that they know and they understand that they have a part to play in building the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is perpetuated by hearts that are willing by hearts that are ready by hearts that are able to sacrifice oh God we can call it sacrifice in the natural but in the spiritual realm is not sacrifice, it is a form of worship, oh God. So we confess this congregation worships our God in service, oh God, in giving in the name of Jesus, in advancing all that you've called us to do, oh God. Therefore, tonight we declare there are no gaps there are no spiritual guards in this congregation. Therefore we cover every individual by prayer. We cover husbands and wives. We cover parents and children. We cover our youth in the name of Jesus. We cover our children in Children's Church. Oh Lord our God, we declare deliverance that has already gone forth is actuated by the faith that we speak tonight. We declare protection and preservation of every individual in this congregation by the blood of Jesus. The Bible tells us that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives even unto death. Lord you've not called us to to die for you because Jesus already did the die but you've called us to let go of the world and the pleasures that are in this world and you've called us to die to sin, and you've called us to die, oh Lord, to casuality and carelessness. You're calling us to a life of purpose. Therefore we profess tonight, and we declare and confess tonight that this church is purposeful. Every individual that is called into this ministry, oh God, they're not lured. They're not lured by the things that are of this world, oh God. They set their mind on the things that are above where Jesus is seated and where we are co-seated with him. The scripture says that we are seated in the heavenly places together with Christ. We are ruling and reigning. Therefore, we are taking dominion over every obstruction and destruction that is trying to negate the power of God in the lives of our congregants. We declare a release. Freedom. We speak freedom. Freedom. Freedom in our life. Freedom in our homes freedom in our mind by the word of god we confess tonight oh god that you are king over us and we belong to the kingdom that is unending. Therefore, tonight in the name of Jesus, we are praying that your will over this ministry, your will for LFI, your will for Victory Faith Church, your will for Heritage Leadership Academy, your will for our home child care center, your will for our compassion, for, compassionate fund to the elderly, your will to many other families that are connected to us by one, th- a thing or the other. is continue to be perpetuated. We declare a flow of your glory. The word of God to us today is arise and shine and for your glory, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This is our confession. The glory of God has risen upon this ministry. It has risen upon Pastor Carla and Pastor Davis and all the leadership. We're confess and declare this ministry cannot wither because it is founded on the foundation of Jesus Christ and the Bible has reminded us that he is life, he is life he is the restoration and he is life so anything that is dying we resurrect you we resurrect life we resurrect health we resurrect businesses in the name of Jesus we resurrect families we resurrect children, oh Lord our God in the name of Jesus every area in the spiritual realm where the enemy has been able to attack, we resurrect and we seal it by the blood of Jesus, we declare tonight, there is only life there is only life there is only life here there is only the life of the spirit here there is only the life of the spirit here, therefore in the name of Jesus, we ask tonight holy spirit our ah, helper our advocate and our comforter that you enlarge our hearts for the word of God so we confess we love the word of God we spend quality time in the word of God and because we spend time in the word of God our minds are being transformed therefore we are apprehending the good, the perfect and the acceptable and the perfect will of God we are not stopping at anything we are going all the way oh Lord our God until we hear the trumpet when Jesus Jesus will shout and the Bible says the world will be caught up in the air and the dead will rise again and then we shall be able to tell death, oh death where is your sting? We cannot die, our businesses cannot die, our marriages cannot die, our children will not die out. In the name of Jesus we declare tonight, the righteousness of God. Oh, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what we deploy here. We deploy the kingdom of God in this compound, in the lives of the people here. We deploy the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The life of the Spirit is our interest and we are not interested in anything that is earthly. We refuse to reconnect ourselves from where we have been blacked out by the blood of Jesus. We declare a demarcation over our youth. They will not go back to where they've been brought out from in the name of Jesus. Therefore, we declare tonight. Oh, Lord our God, you are the master builder. The scripture says in Hebrews 4 that every house is built by somebody. But God is the master builder. You're in the business of building life. So, Father, we commit this church to you. We commit the members of this church to you. And we are asking tonight, oh God, may you build this church. May you build the lights of this church, oh God. May you do your will. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. And here even as it is in on uh, uh, in heaven oh God we bless you tonight for allowing us to commune with the holiness of your presence we never take your presence for granted oh God we yearn for it we seek for it we desire it more than we desire anything else oh God because we know your presence oh God is what is sheltering us and protecting and preserving us from the tainting of this world therefore we remain in your presence. Tonight our Father, we thank you for just giving us your audience oh Lord and allowing us to call on to you. Thank you for the things that you will reveal to us. Thank you that we receive deeper revelations oh God of the paths that we are supposed to take as we walk into our destinies hindered by nothing. So we declare nothing broken, nothing missing in our families because the presence of the Lord is forever in us. We invite it, we uh, recognize it, we honor it, we reverence it, and therefore we walk in it. Moses and Joshua say, if your presence does not go with us, then don't send us. So tonight, oh Lord, we covet your presence. We covet your presence more than anything else. We covet the presence of the Lord that is found in the Word of God. And in time of fellowship with you, our God, may you reveal to us the purposes and the destinies that each of one or each one of us has to walk in as we wait for your return tonight we believe you for the nation of Kenya we confess and call it a great nation it's a nation that you have preserved over the years and even this uh, uh, season, oh Lord our God except you build the scripture says that except the Lord build the house they labor in vain and except the, the, the Lord watches over the city the watchmen labor in vain so our Lord we know all too well there is no office and there is no official and there there is no secret agent. There is no uh, no no forces of any kind that can protect unless the Lord protects. So we commit Kenya to you tonight, oh God. We pray for our president, that he has the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge and the fear of God and all that are ruling with him in the cabinet and in every institution, oh God. We pray for the economy of the nation. We call Kenya a healed nation. We pray for the agriculture of this nation. Your word to us is call us for the latter rains. We are asking for the rains, oh God, to water our soil and we speak to ourselves. We call our soil fertile in the name of Jesus that as the rain fall down there will be mushrooming even of plants that were never planted but because there is divine intervention farming is a this nation by the hand of god our father we are asking you for help for help over this nation and we trust you our god the bible says not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord, that we do not uh, win wars because of the strength of our horses and their chariots, but it is by the help of the Lord. So we are calling you the help of this nation. We committed to you, our God. All that needs to be healed, Lord, you can heal. All that needs to be changed, oh Lord, you have a million ways to change. All that needs to be revamped, oh Lord. God, our economy. There are so many ways you can revamp the economy of this nation. In a twinkling of an eye. Because you would say to a man uh, 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 that was standing at the gate in Israel, you say tomorrow at such a time like this a barrel of flour will be caused in pennies. And it happened. And oh Lord we want to say we are among those who will see it because we believe it. This nation will turn around. The economy will turn around the education will turn around the health of this nation will turn around every institution of this nation we call you whole by the word of God we prophesy to the nation and we call you whole by the word of God and Father tonight we want to thank you because you are gracious and you are merciful and your mercies are new every morning and we thank you for the season of Sukkot once again oh God we engage in thanking you and rejoicing in you and celebrating your goodness and just honoring you our Father for the great and wonderful things that you have done for each of us individually for the nation oh Lord and cooperatively for the the church of Jesus Christ may your will be be done. We bless you tonight and we thank you.